In our class of the tafsir of the Quran through the seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we're going through the tafsir, the explanation of the book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala by relating it to the seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So you find every time we go to an ayah related to the what? The seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So in those days, the main focus would be on the Quran but related to the seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And there'll be weeks in which we'll concentrate upon the seerah, the biography of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So for the last few weeks, the focus and the emphasis has been upon the Quran. But we're still related to the what? The seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, so far, when it comes to the seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we've reached the hijrah, the migration of the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from Mecca to Medina. And we said none remained in Mecca except for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Abu Bakr Siddiq and Ali and a few of the weak. So therefore, the ayat, the verses you're covering is going to be ayat Makkiyya, Meccan verses or Meccan surah. And for the benefit of the brothers who are new to the class and inshallah ta'ala for the brothers who attend also, we define what is a Meccan surah or a Meccan verse. Ya Mus'ab. For the benefits of the brothers who are new and from the benefit of yourself as a revision, what is Surah Makkiyah? What is a Makkan Surah? Jazakallah khairan. It's a Surah that was revealed before the Hijrah of the Prophet even if it was outside Makkah. And Surah Madaniyah is a Surah that was revealed after the Hijrah of the Prophet even if it was outside Medina, even if it was in where? In Mecca. So long as after the Hijrah and it happened, and it happened anywhere, but it's after the Hijrah, it's still what? Madaniyah. Even if it happened in Mecca. Who could give me an example of a Surah which is Madaniyah, what they revealed in Mecca? From the Seerah. Who could give me an example? Huh? Revealed in Mecca? إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ Another surah. Naam. During the treaty of Hudaybiyyah. إِنَّا فَتَحْنَ لَكَ فَتْحًا مُبِينًا This was the conquest or during the treaty of Hudaybiyyah. It was revealed in Mecca but it's Madaniyah. It's a, Mad a, a Madani surah. So, so far the surahs are looking at a Madaniyah. And the last surah we stopped at was what? Surah Al-Kawthar, which is the 15th set of verses to be revealed to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. After Surah Al-Kawthar, the 17th sets, because we're going through it in the order of revelation, not in the order of the Quran. So the 17th set of verses or surah to be revealed to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was Surah Al-Takathur, Al-Hakumu Al-Takathur. The 18th after that was what? Uh, sorry, the six, this is the 16th. The 17th was after that? Al-Ma'un. The 18th after that was what? Al-Kafirun. The 19th after that was what? Suratu Al-Fil. Suratu Al-Fil. The 20th, Suratu Al-Falaq. 21st, Suratu Al-Nas. The 22nd, Surah Al-Ikhlas. The 23rd, Surah Al-Najm. And the 24th, Surah Abasa. And if you notice, I've gone through this Surah 
without going through the tafsir. Why? We mentioned the only ones we're going to stop on are those that there's authentic, not just any narration, authentic narrations concerning sababun nuzul, the reason for revelation, and we could relate it to the seer of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So therefore, that which we're going to go through today, bi idnillahi ta'ala, that has a cause of revelation from all I've mentioned today, is Surah Al-Abasa. Surah Abasa. This Surah is Surah Makkiyah, because we're still in the Meccan stage of the Seerah. Surah Makkiyah, meaning it was revealed where? Meaning it was revealed in Mecca? Meaning it was revealed in Mecca? La. Som Kali. The fasting is hard today. <laughs> meaning it was revealed when? Ya Akhil Kareem. Before the Hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, not necessarily in Mecca, it was revealed, it could be revealed in Mecca, but the core thing is, it was revealed before the Hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, Surah 2, Al-Abasa. As for the Sabab al-Nuzul of this Surah, there are a number of narrations concerning Sabab al-Nuzul, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this Surah to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We we'll go through that which, is been, which has been authenticated for Sabab al-Nuzul of Surah Abasa. From that which is related in a Tirmidhi, a hadith which is Hassan, the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, قالت, unzilat abasa wa tawalla fi ummi ummi maktum, fi ibni ummi maktum, al-a'ma. This surah was revealed concerning al-sahabi al-jaleel, ibn ummi maktum, al-a'ma, the blind one. Ata Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, faja'ala yaqul, ya Rasulullah, arshidni, وَعِنْدَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ رَجُلٌ مِنْ عُذَمَاءِ قُرَيْشِ فَجَعَلَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ يُعْرِضُ عَنْ وَيُقْبِلْ عَلَى الْآخَرِ That this man came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and he came saying to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ أَرْشِدْنِي O Messenger of Allah, guide me. So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم while he was asking him this, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم had with him رَجُلٌ مِنْ عُذَمَاءِ قُرَيْشِ from the big personalities, the big leaders of the Quraysh. So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم turned away from him, and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم turned to the leader of the Quraysh to give him his attention. So Allah سبحانه وتعالى في الآية عبس وتولى. And this Sahabi ibn Ummi Maktoum continued to ask the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. From his great etiquette, subhanallah. He didn't blame the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but rather he said, "Atara bima aqulu baasan." Is there anything wrong with what I'm saying? Is there anything wrong with what I'm saying? In another narration, he said, "Uzama u Quraysh." The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was not was just one person from the Quraysh. It was with the Uzama, the great leaders of the Quraysh. When Abdullah ibn Ummi Maktoum he came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In another narration. He said the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he mentioned the Udama of the Quraysh, the great leaders of the Quraysh, was with them. Utba ibn Rabi'ah, and Abu Jahl ibn Hisham, wa Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib. And he was giving them attention, and he was hoping that they would become Muslims. And then Abdullah ibn Maktoum, he came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Asking, he said, he was asking the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam an ayah min al-Quran. He was asking the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam about a verse in the Quran, saying, "Ya Rasulullah, alimni mimma alamakallah. Teach me from that which Allah subhanahu wa taala has taught you." So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "A'rad anhu wa abasa fi wajhihi wa tawalla." He frowned, and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he turned away. Jayyid. So he said it was revealed concerning this, and he said after this incident, after the revelation of this. 
After this, the Prophet used to really, really, really honor Abdullah ibn Ummi Maktoum. And just a short thing about this Sahabi, which is known as Al A'ma, the blind one. Because the word blind, it comes in the Quran, Al A'ma. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to jihad. He said there's some people there's no compulsion upon. Alal marid. Upon the what? The one was ill. It doesn't have to find the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what else? Wa laysa alal a'ma. And also the what? The one that's blind. But this Sahabi al jalil Ibn Hisham, rahimallahu ta'ala, in his seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says about Abdullah ibn Maktoum, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made him participate, participate in the battle of Uhud, despite the fact he was blind. And not only in the battle of Uhud, it was said about Abdullah ibn Ummi Maktoum, he participated in five battles. Ghazawat is not a harb, Ghazawat is the war with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He participated in five wars with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The battle of Uhud, the battle of Lihyan, the battle of the Qurad, the battle of Banu Quraidha and one of the most severe battles ever. The battles which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Balagat al-Qulub that the hearts out of fear he reached Hanajah, the throat of the Sahaba. And which battle was this? The battle of Khandaq. Even though he was blind, Abdullah ibn Maktoum ibn Ummi Maktoum radiallahu ta'ala an. So in this surah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins with Abasa wa tawalla. Jamahir al-ulama, nearly all the scholars say the one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about here Abbas wa tawalla frowned and turned away is who? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Jayid? Because from what we've read the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was with the Uthama of the Quraysh hoping for the Islam from authentic hadith and Abdullah ibn Umar Maktoum he came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the reason the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was hoping for the Islam of these people it's not for any dunya reason why? These people have atba'ah, they have followers. So when you have great personalities and leaders of communities, when they accept Islam, by default, nearly all, or all of their subjects do what? They accept the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was concentrating on them, not for the sake of them per se, but for the sake of their what? Their subjects also. That's why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said in a hadith, Lo amana. Ashra min al-Yahud If only ten of the higher priests or the scholars of the Jews accepted Islam, all of the Jews will accept Islam. And you find this present even to today. That, for example, I saw a video of some brothers went to Kenya to give da'wah and they went to a tribe known as the Maasai tribe. The chief accepted Islam. He said, Ashadu an la ilallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. And all of his subjects automatically they accept the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam concentrated on these leaders and he was eager for their Islam, not for any dunya reason that they're rich or the aristocrats, but rather so that their subjects accept the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a reality. And that's why the argument that will ensue between the people of the hellfire and the, amongst themselves is that they'll say to their leaders what? Inna kunna lakum taba'a. We will follow us unto you. So majority of people, they follow their leaders. So the Prophet wasallam was hoping for the Islam of these people. So Abasa is talking about who? The Prophet wasallam. But here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking to the Prophet wasallam through Jibreel. 
So it should be abasta wa You frowned and you turned away. But they said, this is a gentle correction and a gentle telling off from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because the difference between abasta, you turned away, وَتَوَلَّيْتَ And you frowned. And abasa wa He frowned and he turned away. So it's a gentle, gentle tarbiyah, nurturing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that's why it comes in a hadith. And hadith is da'if, but the meaning is authentic. Adabani Rabbi, my Lord, he gave me adab. Fa'ahsana tarbiyati. And he gave me the best of morals and ethics. But fa'ahsana tarbiyati means it was done upon gentleness. That Allah Ta'ala corrected the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam how? In a gentle and in a soft manner. To the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam reached that peak. Wa innaka la'ala khuluqin azim. You have the highest character. Wa innaka la'ala khuluqin azim. And this is a lesson for us also in correcting people. That sometimes you speak in a third party form. For example, there's a habit or a sin or bad thing that become prevalent amongst members of the community you know their name. You do not say in the member or the khutbah to Jumu'ah, don't be like Abdullah over here, he does such and such. Don't be like such and such a person, he does such and such. But rather the Prophet sallallahu will say, Ma baluqom, what is wrong with the people? That they do such and such. He knows directly what he's speaking about. But ma balul qawm. But he don't say, what's wrong with this brother over here? I saw him last week doing A, B, C, D. He shows the gentleness in tarbiyah. That aslu tarbiyah is softness. That's why the Prophet sallallahu said, inna rifqa ma wudi'a fi shay illa zana. That gentleness is not applied to anything except it what? It beautifies it. And harshness is not applied to anything except it makes it shana. It makes it ugly and disfigure it. So this is a gentle correction from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the Prophet sallallahu He frowned and he turned away. Now, does this contradict the fact or what we mentioned before, which is that you have the highest exemplary character? La. There's no contradiction. Why is there no contradiction? Because this person that came to the Prophet sallallahu if we were speaking and we're in a conversation and this happens with our children, what do we automatically say? Can you not see I'm talking to somebody? Can you not what? See I'm talking to somebody. But this person, he couldn't see. So what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would have done is not even to indicate, but rather to speak. That can you come back later? Can you not see I'm busy? But the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he didn't want to say anything that would harm him. He said nothing. And even the frowning, could he see the frown of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? No. So he's not affected by this. The turning of the Prophet sallallahu did he know about it? La, until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed it. So the Prophet sallallahu ala khuluqin azim. Because a blind person normally, you speak to them in speech. But the Prophet sallallahu just frowned and he turned away. But yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still would not accept that. Even though he's blind, Allah ta'ala would not accept that. So imagine now, subhanallah, a person that could actually see us and is in our presence and we actually frown, subhanallah. This is a person I couldn't even see. Imagine a person ask you something. فَلَا تَنْهَى The one that asks, not be harsh. They say, Sa'ila is not the one that begs. Even asking religious questions, like, and he could see you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still will not accept that from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Abasa wa an jaahu al-a'ma. That Abbas wa Tawalla, 
and ja'ahu al-a'ma that because al-a'ma he came to him who's al-a'ma in this surah according to the scholars abdullah ibn ummi maktum we find many a times names of sahaba or names of individuals they're not really mentioned in the quran except for a few times so the person is abdullah ibn ummi maktum and what is he's a man so why not an ja'ahu rajul an ja'ahu ahaduhum because some will say again, does this not contradict the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? وَلَا تَنَابَذُوا بِالْأَلْقَابِ Do not refer to each other by nicknames. Do not refer to each other by aliases. So it's not something, praiseworthy, so the blind one, the deaf one, the one that's got a squinted eye. So is this, so they ask, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lowering or debasing the level of Abdullah ibn Maktoum by referring to him as what? Al-A'ma instead of Ja'an Ja'ahu Rajul The ulama, they say there's three explanations They said In kana ala sabila ta'rifa la bas To refer to somebody with a physical characteristic or physical defect for the purpose of specific identification there's nothing wrong with it If there's no other way out you're describing brother for example I say the Nigerian brother for example there's many Nigerian brothers. I said, okay, the brother with a beard. Uh, there's many brothers with a beard. So you say the tall brother, for example, or the blind brother, for example, or the brother that's got a squinted eye for the purpose of identification. So it goes back to the intention. There's nothing wrong with it. To identify somebody specifically. And that's why the ulama hadith, they say one of the issues in where there's no backbiting in is to mention someone's physical deformity or if there's no way to identify him except by mentioning that or somebody's tall Salim al-Tawil, Sheikh al-Tawil the tall Sheikh if you're not doing it to bring him down secondly they say is to prove the point again that Prophet has the highest character why? because some of the kuffar they try to use this against the Prophet but the one that came to me is what? is blind for in Abbasa wa Tawalla, even though he frowned and he turned away, the blind person was not affected by this. Thirdly, they say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yuqaddimul udhur. He puts forth an excuse to raise and elevate Abdullah ibn Maktoum. Because normally when people are speaking and to cut them off, it's rude. But to show, and Allah ta'ala put the excuse forth for him, A'ma is blind. Abdullah ibn Maktoum radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That because al-a'ma, he came to you. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the next ayah, And what make you know? And here there's a pronoun. Maybe he will become purified. And this he, what does it refer to? Abdullah ibn Maktoum. Oh, the one the Prophet sallallahu was speaking to. The scholar said both. It could be any of the two. That you frowned, you turned away. And what make you know, if he refers to Abdullah bin Maktoum, that by you answering that question, your zakka, it become purified. Or you frowned and you turned away. And what will make you know? The one that you're giving your attention to and you waste your time, now your zakka, it will not become purified. So it said it could refer to any of the two. So, Abasa wa Tawalla. And this shows that the Anbiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have sagha'ir. They could fall into minor mistakes, errors, and sins, but they do not continue upon it. That's the difference with the Anbiya. 
that they commit minor sins, but they repented, did not repeat the same minor sin. Ibn Hajar even brought an ijma' that the anbiya, the, the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they fall into minor sins. Ijma', consensus. Now, Abbasa wa Tawalla, because people do not have this aqidah, some of the people say Abbasa wa Tawalla is who? They say it's Uthman radiallahu anhu. The Uthman radiallahu anhu, who the Abbasa, is the one that frowned Watawalla and he turned away. And this group of people are the Shia. This is the aqidah or the belief of the Shia. The one Allah Ta'ala is speaking about in this ayah is Uthman radiallahu ta'ala And what made them have this belief is the aqidah al-fasida. That's why we say belief and creed is very, very important. The aqidah. And the aqidah of the Shia, or the belief of the Shia, it goes against what we mentioned previously. They say, al-imma ithna ashar. There are 12 imams. They don't commit any major sins, no minor sins. They have no sahu. What's sahu? Sahu is a form of what? Forgetfulness. So you have after the salah, if you make a mistake, sujood, a sahu. The sujood of forgetfulness. Jayid. And how do we learn about the sujood of forgetfulness? How do we know about the sujood of forgetfulness? Through the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How? Once he led the salah and he prayed how many raka'ah? Two. So if this is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what about your 12 imams? So he prayed two raka'ah. So Sahabi went to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said, Ya Rasulullah, you prayed two raka'ah. He said, no, I prayed four. He said, La. He said no, you prayed two. And this was Sahabi directly saying this to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But yet he's not arrogant and said, me? He turned to the Sahabi and said, how many did I pray? He said, you, they said, you prayed two. You know, because he asked first, has the salah been changed to two? He said, no, it's still four. He said, you've forgotten. You definitely forgot. So they believe there's no sahu for the imam, a imam. There's no nisyan, no forgetfulness at all whatsoever. And they don't fall into any sins, any error. But then they presented with a problem. When they go to the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَعَصَى آدَمُ رَبَّهُ Adam disobeyed his Lord. How did the Shia deal with this? In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Musa, what he did to his brother Harun. What did he do? He took him by his, by his head, when the Yahud, they decided to worship the idol, and he came back and he found what they did. He took him by his what? By his hair. And he took him by his lehi and he dragged him, Musa alayhi salam. So they presented with this. They presented with saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well, Allah ta'ala said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لِمَا تُحَرِّمُوا مَا أَحَلَّ اللَّهُ لَكَ Why do you make haram that which Allah ta'ala made halal? So the only way out for them, the Shia, they say, a'imma. They're 12 imams. They are equal to the anbiya or a little bit better. And some of them say, a'imma itna asha, the 12 imams, they're better than all the prophets. They're 12 imams. Except for who? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa They couldn't say the Prophet said, except for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi So because they say except for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abbasa wa Tawalla is who? Uthman radiallahu anhu. He has to be a Sahabi. And why did they choose a Sahabi? It's like Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullahu ta'ala, he said, that if you also ask the Jews, who is the best of the people after Musa alayhi salam? They'll say the companions of Musa. If you also ask the Christians, who is the best of the people after Isa? They say Hawariyun, the disciples of Isa. If you also ask the Shia, who are the worst of people? Asharrun Nas. Ba'da Muhammad, they say Ashabu Muhammad, the companions of Muhammad. Subhanallah. 
So this aqid al-fasid, secondly, because of their belief concerning the companions of the Prophet they hold this. So for them, this is ta'nun, is to disparage Uthman. But it's a praise of Uthman, because he shows there's a person people are coming to and asking questions. So Abbas wa Tawalla is the Prophet and ja'ahu al-a'ma wa ma yudhirika la'allahu yazzaka. Now, there's a lot of lessons that we could learn from this or these three ayat. One of them is, the first lesson is, as concerned and as eager we are for great personalities and rich people to accept the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it doesn't mean you ignore or you abandon the core foundation. And the core and the foundation is that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa He loved the poor people. And anywhere you go in the world, you find the majority, firstly, of people that accept the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are who? The masakin. The majority of the people upon the sunnah are the masakin. And due sometimes to a lack of education or where they are from, they're also the most likely to be duped and fall into shirk and fall into kufr and heretic beliefs. So if you go to some villages, for example, you find people have some weird aqidah, the poor people. Yes, they're very, very vulnerable and susceptible to these things. So this is where your concentration should be. And even though they're susceptible to those things, they're also very susceptible to what? Accepting the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Majority of the people that accept Islam upon the sunnah are the masakeen. And this is the sunnah of Allah azza wa jal. And that's why every single prophet, what would the people say to them? Nobody follows you. They'll say to the prophet, mushikeen, لا يتبعك إلا إلا الذين من أرادلنا أرادلنا Nobody follows you except for those people that are from the lowest of us. On illiterate, uneducated people. They're the ones that follow you. So therefore, they'll make conditions. So when the Prophet will sit down, around him is Bilal and Suhail and the Masakeen or the Sahaba or Du'afa, they say, no. We cannot sit with you, these people are with you. Allah Ta'ala said to him, وَلَا الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاتِ يُرِيدُونَ وَجْهَ Do not expel them. Huh? Be patient. Be patient with those who call upon the Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Patient how? Patient with characteristics. When you're belong amongst lower people or lower class people, less educated, you are going to see things. You're going to feel things that is not going to make you very comfortable. So for example, you go to the rough areas of London, Brixton, South London, where I'm from, or you go to some rough areas of Nigeria, deep down Lagos, what they call Isaleko, and you see the harshness and the behavior of some of these brothers, but be patient, because they have a lot of goodness in them. And that's why when the, uh, the Bedou, they accepted Islam, and the people kept complaining to Abu Bakr about the harshness of this Bedou, he said, don't worry about it. Maybe their harshness, they'll use it against our enemies one day. Be patient with their poverty. Be patient with their wanting and their asking. Be very, very patient. Be patient with them. So never abandon these people for the sake of others. There's some kind of da'wah now that you find some people who only give da'wah to middle class people, the upper class people, and you abandon the other people. Now, the basis of your da'wah, those who are already with you, do not abandon them for anything. Your brother is always better than the non-Muslim. So in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they say, that although it's a'ma, 
you will become purified. Meaning, you might be blind physically, but internally, spiritually, he's got eyes. Abdullah ibn Muktum. There are other lessons Ta'ala from this surah, because this surah moves on to one of the topics of Surah Al-Makiyyah, which is the affair of the hereafter. Inshallah Ta'ala, we look at the part of the surah that talks about the affairs of the hereafter. Thereafter that, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, we look at the build up to the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the week after next, I think we still got a class the week after next, right? Inshallah. We'll go into back to the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We look at the important events of that led to the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Because before the hijrah, they planned to kill the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We look at that and how all the different tribes got together to strike him with one blow. And now the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam escaped that makr. And then after that, I think after Ramadan, bi taala, we look at the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the awwalu ayah al madaniyah the first madani verse to come down upon the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Subhanakallah bihamdika shadu an la ilaha anta astaghfirullah.